Take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5, a verse you're probably all very familiar with, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And while you all are turning there, <clears throat> I'd just like to say um, I always count it a privilege to be able to get up and speak in front of you all and to be able to stand by in this pulpit and preach the Word of God. Um, never in a million years did I ever think that I would get to be in front of a church and preach. Um, but God, is, uh, God, is, God has gone ahead and uh, placed me in the ministry and given me this wonderful opportunity. And I also like to thank Pastor John. I don't know if you're watching, um, but hope you're enjoying your vacation. Um, probably going to be a little short tonight, but um, thank you so much for this opportunity. All right, uh, now that we're here at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Uh, this is my text for tonight. Uh, just the thought that God has given to me. I probably should get my notes out so I stay on track. Um, here we go. <clears throat> All right. First Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so, <clears throat> with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pray uh, one, just one more time uh, before we really get into this. So, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord, for the truth that you placed on my heart, Lord, and for what you've been doing in my heart. And thank you, Lord, for this church and the people that have taken time out of their busy week, Lord, and their busy schedules to be here tonight, Lord, to get something from your word. I pray, Lord, that you please uh, empty me of self, Lord, and fill me with your spirit, Lord. Just uh, move me out of the way and allow your words to speak, Lord, and allow your truths to be heard. And Lord, I pray that we leave here tonight encouraged, Lord, and um, and um, having been, uh, being a little more bold for you, Lord, we thank you for all that you do. In your name we pray. Amen. I always get nervous getting up to preach up here. I don't know if you guys can tell. Um, <laughs> it's really funny because uh, I get up in front of people and talk all the time for my job. I, I, I teach in the high school. I talk in front of our high school students. But it's always different. It's always, it always is very different getting up and preaching uh, in front of a church and speaking to you all. And, uh, and it is definitely a privilege. So <clears throat> I'm going to start off here with a little story. Um, when I was growing up, I used to love to read a lot. All right. Um, it wasn't until I was about sixth grade that I really developed that passion for reading and love reading. I used to read books a ton. Now, when I was in the sixth grade, my family moved to New Mexico and we started being homeschooled. And so schedules were a little bit different when you're homeschooled. You, know, you can wake up later, you can wake up earlier, you can get your school done really fast, or you can take your time. And so I was uh, homeschooled for quite a few different years of my life. And uh, in some of those years, I finished school, you know, with months to spare and it was like you know what we got we got through it it's great i get a longer summer and other years it kind of just dragged along and you know here we are in june july and it's like i really need to i really need to finish school um but anyways uh one thing that i always enjoyed doing during the summer and during times that i didn't have school work to do was reading i remember we would go to thrift stores and we would shop for books we would look for we look through all the books and whatnot i remember reading a lot of different series as i was growing up and I remember one thing that my parents always did was, especially on days that we didn't have school, we had a, a little bit of a time in the morning that was designated just for reading. We had a time designated just for you know, reading our Bible. So me and my brothers would go to our room, we'd read our Bible for a little while. And then after that, we were allowed to read other books. And so uh, I remember you know, I, would, I would get through my Bible reading, go through really quick, because you know, I was always working on another book and trying to get through it and trying to finish it really fast. And it was really funny because uh, I, I started reading through different series and whatnot, and every so often I would get curious as to how the book ended. And I would get the book, and before you know, I even started reading any of it, I would go ahead and open up to the last page. 
and I would open up to the last page and just read the last page only. So zero context, have no idea what's happening, read the last page to make sure everything turned out okay. And I would read the last page and think, well, I think that sounds like everything was resolved. I think everything's okay. Um, but that only made me more excited to actually read through the book because I would get to it and think, you know what, I read the end. I kind of know a little bit of what's gonna happen, at least the last page. Now I've gotta get there. And um, isn't it great that we already know the end of the, of the story? Isn't it great that we already have we already have the finished record here. God's already given us everything we need, and he's already told us we're on the winning side. He's with us. He's, he's, isn't it great to know that we serve a Savior that's risen? He didn't stay dead, all right? We didn't have to wait for, you know, the next chapter to come out. You know, Jesus died, and, you know, we're waiting three days, and it's like, wait, what happened? No, we know that Jesus rose. We know that he's alive. We know that he's promised us he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And we know that one day we're going to get to live in heaven with him for eternity, and I don't know about you, but that gets me pretty excited. All right, I don't know how Pastor John does it, you know, with the leg and everything, but woo, you know, that, that's how I feel about that, all right? And, and it's exciting to know that, you know what, we have a home in heaven waiting for us. We have a Savior that cares for us, and he loves us so much, and he's already told us, hey, don't worry, it all ends well. It's great to know that. All right, and just like, you know, I used to read the end of the book and go back, and it was always exciting to know the ending of the book, I still had to read the book, though. I still had to get to that ending. And in the Bible, you know, we have a couple of different things that, you know, it tells us here in the book of Romans. I'm just going to uh, jump around a little bit here um, to try to get my, uh, try to get to this thought rolling. So um, let's see here. It's, it was funny. Earlier before the uh, message started, Brother Jones was asking me, you know, since he's running the kids program, about how long it's going to be. And you know, I just you know, try to you know, joke around with him. And uh, I was like, I don't know, probably about you know, 8 o'clock. We'll see. It's, it, might, it might be short tonight. And uh, I don't think he heard the o'clock part. And he's just like, eight minutes? And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll be out of here in eight minutes. So hopefully he doesn't finish up over there in eight minutes and expect it all to be over with. But anyways, I don't think it's going to be that quick. But anyways, uh, here in Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 37, uh, um, Romans chapter 8, verse 37, I'll go ahead and read. You don't have to turn there for sake of time. But anyways, uh, it says here, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither life, or that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. It's amazing to know God loves me and nothing can take that love away. Nothing can keep me from the love of God. God loves everybody. God made it clear in John 3, 16 that he loved everybody in the world. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. God loves us. And the verse here is really encouraging to see that you know we're more than conquerors through him. But we can't let ourselves become arrogant or foolish. We can't let ourselves get to the point where, you know what, yeah, we know we won. We're all on the winning side. We're great. But that doesn't mean that we're invincible and that, you know what, we, we don't have to do anything about it. We're not invincible. We have to remember that there is an enemy out there. We have to remember that the devil is real and that he wants to stop us. He wants to do everything in his power to make sure that we don't do what God wants us to do. We have to remember it's God who gives us that victory. And sometimes I feel like we get so comfortable knowing that the end of the story is great that we don't finish the rest of the book. We don't go through, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't continue going um, the way that we should. 
1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you that is in the world. And looking at these two verses, we see that we're conquerors through him. And greater is he that is in you. It's not us. Like I said, we're, we're no match for the devil. Coming back from teen camp, the Lord really spoke to my heart. And he worked on me for a couple different things. And I remember going to teen camp and it was great. And one of the things that was mentioned over and over again while we were at teen camp was, you're no match for the devil. And that's the truth. Alone, by ourselves, we are no match for the devil. It's only through him that we're going to get that victory. It's only because of him that we're promised that victory in the end, that life eternal, that triumphal return with Christ. It's only through him. It's not anything that we do. And we would be foolish to go out there and try to challenge the devil on our own. The Bible says here, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. God gives us that warning. He leaves us with that. He knows, you know, uh, Peter's talking to believers here, and he knows that we're saved. He knows that we're going to be with God in heaven. He knows that he knows how it ends, but we still have to be careful. We still have to be watchful. We still have to be sober, be vigilant. Uh, remember, God lives within us through the Holy Spirit, and he's already beat Satan. And the Bible even still tells us that we are to be alert and to be aware, be watchful for the attacks of Satan on our life. A lot of times Christians forget that the devil's real. A lot of times Christians just kind of like, yeah, he's there. And they don't pay much attention when he's real. His demons are real. They are after us and they are fighting every day for you and for me to get us away from God. Now, if we're saved, we don't have to worry about being taken fully away from God. We're not separated from God anymore. God, is, God holds us with his power, and we are his forever, but the devil's still going to attack us. He knows that he's already lost, but that's not going to stop him from trying to keep us from being useless. He's not just some silly cartoon that we, you know, see and the, you know, different cartoons and whatnot paint him as, you know, the little guy in the red jumpsuit with the pitchfork and the horns and whatnot. He's not like that. He's real. His powers are real. His demons are real. And they're out to get us. And he will take advantage of whatever he can get in your life. Any little hold that we give him, any little piece of our life that we allow to ourselves to surrender to the devil, he'll take advantage. And he only needs that one little piece to begin building up and starting to go ahead and draw us and uh, pull us farther away from the will of God. Ephesians chapter number 5, um, verses 15 and 16, uh, tells us here... See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that word circumspectly means cautiously. Just like we're being warned in 1 Peter 5.8 to be sober, be vigilant, be watchful. Ephesians is telling us, walk circumspectly, walk cautiously. The devil is looking. He's, he's waiting. He's waiting for that opportunity to jump. Just like those lions do on those deers. They wait, they prowl around, and they wait for that moment to strike. And then, they get what, and then they get their prey. And the Bible says, you know, walk, walk circumspectly, not as fools. Like I said, we would be foolish to walk around carelessly, ignoring the fact that the devil is out there and he is, trying to, he is trying to win the daily battles in our lives. He is trying to get our focus off of the one who has promised us the victory. He's trying to drive us away from God. Our adversary, the devil like the Bible talks about here, knows he's already lost. He knows he's running out of time. Revelation tells us so, and he knows that. And because of that, he's upset. He's angry. 
And he wants us to live as down and as depressed as possible because he knows that if he can get us down, he knows that if he can get us discouraged, get us depressed, get us away from God, then we won't do for God what we're supposed to do. He wants us out of the will of God because victory is found in the will of God. And you know what? The devil is going to go ahead and do everything in his power, everything he can to pull you out of the will of God. He doesn't want us to experience that victory. We're saved. We're going to heaven. We already know the end of the story. We should be living victoriously, fighting on for Christ. But the devil doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to get focused on those things around us. He wants us to get focused on the, the, um, the wickedness of this world, the different things that we see in politics, the different things that we see on the news. He wants us to get focused on anything but following the will of God for our life. Now, we've got to be careful. Moving forward here, even though we know the end of the story, even though we know we can't allow ourselves, even though we know the end of the story, even though we know the battle, the victory, the, the war is already won, we can't allow ourselves to become complacent. We can't allow ourselves to become comfortable knowing that the war is won, so I, why do I have to fight the battles today? If I already know the end, if I already know the war is done, why do I have to keep fighting today? We can't let ourselves get that way because that's not what God has for us. That's not what he's told us to do. And so Satan will go ahead, and as I mentioned, he'll use the things around us to try to get our focus off the will of God. He'll use different things to try to discourage us, different things to try to beat us up with that he knows will, uh, will try to get us away from our focus being on Christ. I remember growing up, even as a teenager sometimes, you look around and it's really easy to get discouraged out there. It's really easy to look around and think, oh man, is everybody, you know, is everybody just getting rid of, you know, standards? Is everybody just, you know, getting rid of, you know, the Bible? Is everybody just, you know, just doing their own thing now? What's happening? And the devil wants us to focus on that. He'll try to get you down with that. He'll try to wear and wear away at you with all these discouraging things. And when he does, we finally just give in. And finally, we're so, we're so discouraged, we're so defeated that the devil can take root in our lives and begin you know, working against the will of God for us. I remember one thing that my pastor always talked about in California for team camp. And uh, it was funny because he, he used to, he, used to say, he mentioned this a lot. And one of the reasons we go to team camp, he mentioned was, we're not alone. We're not the only ones, okay? The devil's not just out to get us. And we're, not the, we're not alone on this little island, the only people trying to serve God. And woe is us because you know what? I, I just see, you know, everyone else around us is just kind of going away and doing their own thing and falling away from the will of God for their lives and just going off and doing whatever they want and throwing away the things that they've been taught and the doctrine that they know. And it can be discouraging. But one thing our pastor said was, in going to teen camp, we got to be with other youth groups. We got to be with other churches. We got to see other believers. And we got to realize and we got to be encouraged by that. And we got to see, hey, we're not by ourselves. We're not alone. Hey, we're not the only ones dealing with these battles. We're not the only ones Satan is attacking. We're not the only ones who are going through these different hardships and trials. Satan is attacking all the believers, but at the same time, we're not by ourselves. We're not the only ones. We're not alone on our little island. And on top of that, we're never truly alone. God is always with us, no matter what happens. Even if it feels like nobody else is with you, even if it feels like you're standing on an island alone, trying to hold fast to the truths of the word of God and to the doctrine that you've been taught and keep those things, you're not by yourself. God is with you every step of the way. And it's us who forget that. 
It's us who take our eyes off of him and think, oh man, this is pretty, this is pretty rough. But God's always right there. He's always with us. Once Satan wears you down, once he, tries, once he goes ahead and gets you discouraged and takes a hold of any part of your life, whether that be your music, whether that be your entertainment, whether that be your friends, whether that be something else that you go and do, he'll hang on to that and he'll use every bit of ground that he can take. Even if you surrender just an inch, the devil will try to take a mile. He'll take it a lot farther than you want it to go. And on top of that, the devil knows we're human. The devil knows we mess up. And he likes to hang that over our heads. When we fail, when we feel like we've let God down, when we, when we struggle, when we sin sometimes, we're all still sinners here. Nobody's perfect. The devil will take that and he'll hold that over our heads because he wants us to stay defeated. He wants us to stay down and out. And he said, hey, I know you're trying to get your life right. You're trying to get back to God and you're trying to serve God. But remember that thing you did way back? Remember this, this thing that, you know, all of a sudden it's coming back up? Remember this? Remember when you did that? Remember when you said that? Remember when you didn't act the way that you should have? And you know what? The devil will try and try and try to keep us down for as long as possible because he knows the longer we're down, the longer we're not doing the will of God. The longer people are going that need us and some may be even going to hell because we're not doing the will of God for our lives. We're not telling them because we're defeated. We're discouraged. And you know what? We don't have to stay there. The devil will try and try and try to guilt trip you. He will, he will use everything he can. But you know what? There's a solution to that. And God's given it to us in his word. And the Bible tells us how we can look past that, how we can move forward from that, how we can move forward from being defeated, how we can get back on our feet. And the Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember, God paid, Jesus paid for our sins on the cross, past, present, and future. Jesus paid for those sins. And the devil, yeah, he'll try to bring it back up. He'll try to bring up your past. He'll try to bring up things that you've done, mistakes you've made, faults that you have. But that's all under the blood now. Jesus Christ paid for that. And when God looks at us, he doesn't see that sin anymore. What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. Like the song says, God doesn't see those. Our sins are cast in the sea. As far as east is from west, God forgets those things. Praise God our sins are under the blood. Because you know what? I still make mistakes. I still fail sometimes. I still falter. And there are definitely times where I come away from a situation feeling like, God, I'm sorry, I let you down on that one. I definitely didn't act the way I should have. I definitely didn't do what I should have in that situation. But you know what? God's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God says, you know what? It's okay. I paid for that. It's gone. But confessing our sins isn't the only thing that we need to do. We need to forsake our sins. We need to, we need to repent. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, speaking of sins, shall have mercy. God will give you mercy. God will give you the grace you need to get back up. God will give you the grace and strength you need to continue serving him and get back on your feet if we confess our sins and if we forsake our sins, if we repent, if we turn away from it. If we truly love God, we'll truly hate sin and we'll want to stop doing it. And then we need to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. First, ja uh, first James, <laughs> I have a little number one next to James in my notes. So I, all my books of the Bible are first Proverbs, first James, first, first John. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but uh, James 4, 
uh, verse number seven says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I remember growing up, going to vacation Bible school, we always had these funny characters and these, uh, these, you know, these different people who would show up, you know, Silly Sally and um, uh, Pee Wee, who was always four years old every year, and they've been coming for, you know, 27 years, and they just, you know, they, they never grow up. And, you know, we'd have uh, Preacher and a bunch of different people, and Fuidini, the magician. I remember one time my dad was Fuidini. It was great. My dad used to love doing magic tricks and things like that, and uh, it was always fun to watch. But I do remember in vacation Bible school, there was always somebody who was dressed up as the devil who would show up. And we would have to, you know, resist the devil. And you know what? We resist the devil through God and through the word of God. And I remember we used to quote this verse, you know, re, uh, we used to quote this. Uh, and we used to sing a song, you know, resist Satan, resist Satan, he will flee, he will flee. When you quote the Bible, when you quote the Bible, he will flee. And that stuck with me. And every time I read this verse, it reminds me of that. And it is true. If we yield ourselves to God, if we confess our sins, if we forsake our sins, and we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God, we can resist the devil through his power, through his word. And the Bible says the devil will flee. Next, God, not only will Satan try to make you feel defeated, not only will he try to keep you down as long as he can, but he'll also try to distract you. If he knows he can't get you discouraged, if he knows he can't defeat you in that manner, if he knows he can't go ahead and win that battle, well, then maybe he'll go and try to put something else in your life, something that takes your focus off Christ, something that distracts you. And with life, it's so easy to become distracted. We have so much pulling for our attention nowadays, so much technology, so much entertainment, so much music, and so much access to all of it. And the devil can use that, and he tries to use that. And when he does, our attention become split and we're no longer focusing solely on Christ. We're no longer focusing on God. We're no longer focusing on how we can have the victory, but now we're focusing on other things and other things are becoming more important than the word of God and the will of God in our lives. And when that happens, we forget, we forget God's already promised the victory. We forget what we're supposed to be doing. And the devil loves that. He loves nothing more than to keep our focus and our attention away from Christ. Distractions pull us away from being able to be fully used of God. And the devil knows this, and he'll, he'll use this against us. The work of Christ, the cause of Christ, everything Christ does is orderly and perfect. And the devil, his is quite the opposite. He loves confusion. He loves chaos. He loves to pervert things and change things. And if he can get in and stir up a little bit of strife, stir up a little bit of confusion, stir up a little bit of chaos and make things disorderly, take our focus off of Christ. He tries to do that in the life of a Christian, personally. He tries to, him and his, him and his forces try to go ahead and take our focus off of God. He, he'll try to do that in the church. He'll bring up petty issues. He'll start fights and church members will begin fighting against each other. And when we fight against each other and when we focus on our issues with each other rather than focusing on Christ, we're no longer doing the will of God for our lives and for our church. He tries to infiltrate the home. He tries to get us distracted and angry with one another. And he tries to start a bunch of strife and envying there. Um, to try to go ahead and get our focus off of what we need to be doing. Um, a funny story here, uh, I used to play tackle football when I was in high school. Now, I was about 30 pounds lighter in high school, so I was definitely a lot smaller than I am now. And um, I remember our team was always a smaller team. We played eight-man tackle, and, but we were always fast. And I remember one of the, one of the things that we would do is we would have a, a couple of, uh, we would have a play 
where we would go to hike the ball and you know, all, all of us would know, we're not actually going to hike it when we say hike, we're gonna wait. And we would know, the other team didn't know that. And you know, they're so focused on what they're gonna do and they're, you know, we're, we're in there, you know, we're down on the line and trying to get in their head and like, hey, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get the quarterback or you're not, gonna, you're not gonna stop this play, we're gonna score a touchdown on you guys. And they're trying to get in their head and then they say hike, they move, but we didn't. And it was always great seeing the yellow flag go up, having that penalty, and we just gained another five yards. Well, you know what? The devil tries to do that to us. He tries to get in our head. He tries to distract us and try to get us our focus off of what we need to be doing so he can just get that little bit. And once he's in, then he starts to work. Then he starts to go ahead and tear things up. And then another thing that I remember from football was I was part of the special teams where, you know, in, in football you have a couple of teams that kick off the ball and a couple of teams that receive the ball and for the kickoff and try to run it back down for a touchdown. And I remember, all of us on that kickoff return had a special job, all right? I was always on the end, and my job was you don't let the guy outside of you who has the football, because once he gets the outside, all your team's over here. He's gonna score. He's getting down at the end no matter what. That was my job. And everybody else, we were always told, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, watch the ball and stay in your lane, because if they turn, we need to be ready for it. And I remember, uh, it, was, it was the last game I played in high school. I was dead tired that night. We had, I had played three games of flag football earlier that morning uh, for our tournament, because uh, our flag guys needed a little bit of help, because uh, they were our JV team. They were you know, all seventh through ninth graders playing against 11th and 12th graders. <laughs> and so they took some of the tackle guys and said, here, we're gonna, we're gonna use you guys to help. I remember my legs felt like jello that night, and it was the last game of my senior year, and I wanted to give it everything I had. And I remember my legs being so tired and I remember we kicked off the ball. It's going down. I'm in my lane. I'm staying, staying, staying. The guy pretends to go right, and everybody bites. Everybody on, on kickoff. They all start going this way, and then he turns around and comes back. Well, I kept staying in my lane and just staying focused on, my, um, on what I was supposed to be, and I ended up making the tackle and stopping him from scoring. He was a big guy. I remember my coach was worried I was gonna get run over. He said he closed his eyes. <laughs> uh, it was great. And then uh, everybody, was, everybody was cheering afterwards. And you know what? The devil will do everything he can to get us out of our lane. He'll do everything he can to get us to bite. He'll do everything he can to get us distracted and focused on something other than the will of God. The Bible tells us that Satan is subtle. He's sneaky. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And you know what? The devil, he's sneaky. He's not gonna, he, he's gonna try every trick in the book and he's gonna try everything he can to get us. Now, how do we keep ourselves from getting distracted by Satan? Well, Satan can only take your mind off of the things of God in two ways. Through your eyes and through your ears. The things that you see and the things that you hear. Acts 4, verse 20 tells us, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What we see and what we hear affects how we think, affects what we do. And because of that, if the devil can get a hold of those things, whether it be through music, whether it be through entertainment, whether it be through something else, he knows he's got an in. He knows he can, he's, he's, got a, he's got a doorway into your mind. What are you allowing to go into your eyes and ears? Is it honoring to Christ? Is it the things that we should be thinking on? Well, what should we be thinking on? God gives us that too. 
Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. God helps us. God doesn't want us to lose. God wants us to live victoriously. God wants us to live a victorious Christian life. He doesn't want us defeated. He doesn't want us distracted going off and doing something that we're not supposed to be doing. And he's given us guidelines. He's given us help in the word of God. So then how do we live determined to successfully fight our battles every day? Remember, we know the end of the story, but we've still got all the rest of the book to go. How are we going to make it to the end? And so how are we going to make it to the end successfully doing the will of God? It's simple. God gave us the strategy for that too. He gave us the strategy we need to live a successful Christian life. Let's look at Joshua. Joshua, if you want to turn there, Joshua chapter number one. So back to Joshua chapter number one. I've been studying the book of Joshua lately. I, I taught it in our Christian school this last year, um, Joshua and Judges and a couple of the, of the other Old Testament books. And it was a really good one. And I learned a lot even just teaching that class. And so I wanted to go back and I wanted to study it over again um, and see what else God had for me there. And looking back, as we look at Joshua, chapter number one, Moses has died. Joshua has now become the leader of the Israelites. And he's ready to begin that conquest. He's ready to go take the land that God already said was theirs. He is ready. And so, um, first and foremost, he's faced with a big battle, the Battle of Jericho. He sees, he's, he's, you know, uh, obviously the walls and everything that we know the story, it didn't seem like it was going to be easy. And so, we see here in Joshua chapter 1, um, God gave him the strategy, though. Verses uh, 7 and 8. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest obtain, uh, not, not obtain, observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt, thou make th shalt, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt, uh, thou shalt have good success. God told Joshua how he, how he can have the success. God told Joshua how he can win the battles. God already told Joshua, hey, this land is yours, now you just got to go take it. I've already given it to you. Here's how you're going to do it. There's a lot of little battles before you can finally say, hey, Canaan is Israel's. And just like we have the battles war raging every day. We've got a lot of little battles we're going to face daily against Satan. And we're going to need all the help we can get from God. And God has given us that help. He's given us the most powerful weapon we need right here, the Word of God. It has all the answers. It, it's, 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 our, it's our cheat book. It's, you know, we can look in it and we know we have the strategy that we need. Joshua didn't need any complex plan. He didn't need any extensive or crazy training or some powerful magic weapon or anything like that. He just needed to listen to God's word. That's what God told him. Meditate, uh, meditate uh, right here in verse number one, meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. Think on God's word and obey God's word. Do it. And we see what happens in Joshua chapter number seven when he doesn't. Jericho, he listened to Christ. He listened to God. He listened to the instructions. Those walls came tumbling down. And that was probably one of, one of the easier battles for Joshua. 
He saw that all happening. God, God did that all for him. God won the victory. God, God can win the victory for us in our lives too if we let him. And we see here, after that with Ai, he didn't listen to God immediately. He listened to the words of a man. A man said, oh, you know what? Don't send all the people to war. It'll be okay. AI's small. We got this. We can take them. And what happened? People died. They lost that first battle. But you know what? Joshua, even despite that, he was human like us. And he made mistakes like us. But he was still able to move forward successfully because he got back to obeying the word of God. If you look at Joshua chapter number 8, Joshua chapter number 8, it says here, in verse number one, and the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given, it in, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and, this, uh, and his land. And then if you go down to uh, Joshua, 8, chapter number, or Joshua chapter 8, verse number three, so Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. He listened to God this time. He didn't listen to a man. God told him, no, no, no. If you're going to do this, you're going to have to do it the way I tell you to. You're going to have to obey the words of God. And Joshua did. And we see he went on not just to win this battle against Ai, but if you go through the book of Joshua, it is amazing to see the list of kings Joshua had under his belt by the end. All of the kings that he drove out, all the kings that he had victory over, some of the great battles in this book. I love the, I love the battle where the sun stands still and then the hail, uh, hail comes down. God really, you know... When Joshua listened to God, God came through. God gave him the victory. And you know what? When we listen to God and we follow God's word like we're supposed to, guess what? We can have the victory too every day. So I have one more story and then I'll be done. I told you I wasn't going to be too long. So here we go. In Bible college, I remember my freshman year taking a class, an English class. I loved English. Those of you who, who know anything about me, I studied English in college. I love reading. I love writing. One of my favorite things to do. Even in high school, I always enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, but at the same time, I also didn't like it because whenever we had to re you know, write something that was going to get read in front of church, usually mine was one of the things selected, and then I had to get up in front of people and read, and I did not like doing that. <laughs> but I always loved English. I loved writing. I loved, I loved everything about it. Well, Bible college... My first semester, I wasn't able to take the English class that I tested into. It just, it was full. And so instead, I ended up taking a literature class. I remember going to the literature class and thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm learning about different stories and whatnot. It's going to be, you know, I, I love this stuff. It's going to be easy. And I remember people saying, oh, you're taking, you're taking American literature? That's a junior level class. And I remember thinking, oh, it's going it's to be fun. I love literature. I love reading. I love, I love English. I remember going into that class, and I remember writing my first paper for it, looking at it and thinking I did really good, thinking, you know what? I got this. This class is going to be cake. I remember getting that paper back, and it was 72 or something, little clouds everywhere and markings all over it. And I remember looking at it thinking, wait, what happened? I'm good at English. Wait, this, is, this isn't right? And I remember thinking to myself, all right, maybe this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. And I remember it was a tough class. There was a lot that I had to work at in that class, which was great because it was something I loved and it challenged me at it. But at the same time, it was work and I had to show up every day and I had to write the papers and I had to improve. I had to do what I was supposed to do. And by the end of the class, 
It was great watching the trend of my papers. Every time I wrote one, the grade got a little higher, a little higher, a little higher, until finally, I knew I wasn't going to fail the class. I knew that that was a given, but I still wanted to give it my best every day in that class and write my papers like I know I was supposed to. And by the end of the class, I ended up writing a paper that came back and it was a 99. And I remember thinking to myself, whoo, that's good. <laughs> like, I, that's awesome. I, I can't believe I did so good on my last paper for this class. And I remember I passed that class, I think it was with a B plus. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, that's a lot better than how I first started out. I know I wasn't gonna fail the class. I didn't fail tests or quizzes or things like that, but I knew <laughs> I was gonna have to work at it. And you know what, the Christian life is the same way. We're gonna have to work at it every day. Okay, we already know we passed the class. We already know we're going to heaven. We already know we won. But you know what? We still got to do the assignments. We still got to read the rest of the book. And we've got to do it right. And you know what? We, we already know this. We know we're on the winning side. But you know what? We're not finished yet. And we can't live like we're finished. That's not what God intended for us to do. And so tomorrow we're going to go home. Or tonight we're going to go home. Tomorrow we're going to get up. And we're going to have to determine, you know what? I'm going to live today the way God wants me to live it. And I'm going to fight the battles. I'm not just going to give up and let Satan have whatever. I, that's, not, that's not what God wants for us. That's not the will of God for our lives. We're not to be run over by Satan. Instead, we're supposed to fight. And so, just because we, always, just because we don't always see these battles, just because we don't always see the battles happening around us, doesn't mean they're not real. Just because we don't see the devil, doesn't mean he's not real. It doesn't mean that, you know, we can laugh at him and be like, ah, he's a loser. You know what? We're no match for him. If we're going to beat him every day, we're going to need God on our side. We're going to need the word of God, and we're going to need to obey what God's word says. We're going to have to read it, think on it, and we're going to have to use the truths from this Bible to help us get us through our daily lives and our daily battles. We're in the army. We're in the Lord's army. And soldiers fight. They don't just sit around. And we need to fight the good fight every day. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for today, and thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to get to speak in front of your people, Lord, and for the truth that you've given to me, Lord. I pray, Lord, that it's as much of a help as it was to me, to everyone else here, Lord, and that we can take these truths and apply them to our lives. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do, and thank you, Lord, for promising us the victory and for showing us that we're on the winning side, Lord. Now help us, Lord, to remain encouraged and determined to live our lives successfully for you, Lord. We thank you for all that you do. In your name we pray. Amen.